Thanks for joining the SEO Leadership Podcast. The SEO industry tends to feel very siloed with people operating in isolation across SEO agencies and SEO roles at larger companies or even in their freelancing. There's a lot of great information out there where we can learn from each other about better SEO tactics. But in this podcast, we will talk about how to become better leaders in the SEO industry. Thanks for your time. Let's get started. Edwin Romero joins me in today's episode. Edwin is an independent SEO consultant who specializes in migrations in Salesforce Commerce Cloud. In fact, if you're going through a migration anytime soon, I would highly recommend checking out some of the content that Edwin has published about SEO best practices in big website migrations. I'll leave a link to one of his resources in the show notes, and I will also drop a link to his website as well. In addition to his work as a consultant, Edwin is also a rising star in the SEO community, writing regularly on LinkedIn and his own blog about SEO best practices, but also writing in complete transparency about some of the challenges from moving from a full-time SEO role to instead being your own boss. I'm so excited to pick his brain on his thoughts on leadership that he's learned through all of this. Edwin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, Graham. Awesome. So Edwin, how important is it to find a niche when you're freelancing? And how did you land on migrations in Salesforce Commerce Cloud as yours? Yeah, uh, for sure. So I think it's important to note that you don't need a, a niche to be successful as a freelancer, but in all honesty, it really does help. We think about the SEO industry as, I mean, especially over the last several years uh, with the pandemic, everyone going online, the opportunity really uh, basically was was highlighted on the need for search engine optimization as brands saw that, well, we can't go out to retailers, let the retailers come to us. Uh, SEO just boomed. It was huge. Um, now, how do you single yourself out? with the, the masses, among the masses, among uh, the various other SEO practitioners uh, in the space. I think that's, that's why you lean towards a niche, you know, something that can distinguish you from, from generalists. Now, now, don't get me wrong. Being a generalist is, is nothing bad. It's, it's great. I've, I've seen and I've, I've known a lot of successful, great uh, freelancers that are generalists. Um, but more of a, as a strategic move to try to weed yourself out from the, the masses is the niche. On my end, I kind of just happened to stumble upon uh, my niches, and there's two I would say. Uh, that is Salesforce Commerce Cloud and Website Migrations, uh, and they go hand in hand really, really well. What ended up happening over the last seven years is I ended up landing a role at an e-consult, e-commerce consulting company called Lion CG or Lions Consulting Group um, that was eventually bought out by Capgemini, and and their bread and butter was essentially building up e-commerce websites specifically. Salesforce Commerce Cloud sites. Um, and as you can imagine, as a website decides to navigate away from their legacy system, be it WordPress, Magento, uh, onto Salesforce Commerce Cloud, they needed a specialist to go ahead and, and effectively do that from a search engine optimization standpoint. So that what, what that did for me was ended up building some experience within Commerce Cloud, uh, as well as how to effectively migrate from a legacy site on over to a new site. Uh, and then when 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 Lion CG got bought out by Capgemini, that really opened the doors for larger 
clients, larger brands, uh, separate from Commerce Cloud. We're talking about SAP, Hybris, we're talking about AEM or Adobe Experience Manager, in addition to Commerce Cloud, Magento 2, and the like. Um, but what was really nifty is now I was being exposed to basically work processes or work streams that either were a detriment or benefited a migration project. Um, so it was, it was the Salesforce Commerce Cloud niche as well as the website migrations were kind of tied together um, and one kind of opened the door for the other. And as we think about your journey now into freelancing, we, we see SEO gurus <laughs> all of the time. Uh, on platforms like LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever you find these folks talking about the upside of freelancing. You know, once you find your, your niche and uh, you, you have the experience and you're moving forward, people generally just talk about the, the upside. But one thing that I appreciate about you is how open, honest, and transparent you are about the challenges that also come with freelancing. So what are some of the challenges to becoming a freelance SEO consultant that people don't often talk about? First and foremost, thank you for being a supporter. Um, thank you. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I would say I'm, I'm, very, I'm a very sentimental individual. So I think it's important to, to, to kind of be honest uh, about all these sure. things. You know, the upsides are, are phenomenal. But in all honesty, they're just one aspect of, of being a freelancer, being your own boss. Um, I think one of the things we have to know is that well, not necessarily. Well, I guess no. We have to come to terms with is that we are no longer just employees, but honestly, we're, we're businesses at this point. Um, we have to understand or have to adopt other skill sets, uh, including how to market yourself, how to manage costs, how to you know manage receivables, payables, uh, balancing timelines, balancing client relationships. All of those are are critical. And don't don't get me wrong. I love going through LinkedIn and reading about the tactics and best practices uh, and the case studies that work really really well. But those are are definitely like the 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 hearts driven by hard skills, the soft skills to navigate yourself as as a freelancer, but also as a business is 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 definitely different. It's not sure. one and the same. Um, but I, I think one of the things that helped me a ton as I became a freelancer was to honestly read. I read a ton, man. <laughs> I, I, I read I read so much. Um, a lot of it gave me an idea of what strategy actually is. Uh, before I became freelancer, a free, freelancer, I was a manager. And I, I thought my strategic skills were, were pretty honed in. Um, then I had to segment myself away from generalist SELs uh, to find my niche. And in order to do that was I had to be a better strategist. You know, hmm. and a, a lot of freelancers, um, they may or may not tell you this, depending on who you ask. I'm not, I'm not really sure. But I think one of the things that, that benefited me is strategically looking at myself as a business and how I can provide a val valuable service offering to, to those who, who need it. So you wrote about the massive cost cutting that you did to prepare yourself financially to plunge into full time entrepreneurship, writing on your blog that you were able to slash your monthly spending by $1,200 a month. How yeah. can folks follow your lead in that? And what are some things that you see people spending money on frequently that you found to be easy to cut out? You know what? Um, in, all, in all honesty, 
there are just so many subscriptions out there. So many <laughs> subscriptions you really do not need. No one needs four to five uh, subscriptions to Hulu, HBO Max, Amazon Prime, so on and so forth. And then on top of that, pay for uh, the traditional TV cable providers. I mean, if, if that's if you're looking to freelance, um, definitely cut costs where you think you, know, you can afford it. It's a luxury. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Having having a streaming services is more of a luxury than anything else. That's that's what I found out to be. You know, because after I, I started freelancing, I thought, oh, man. I'm, well, before I started, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, how am I gonna live without uh, Hulu? I love what we do in the shadows. You know, I I don't know how I'm gonna manage it. Um, but you, it's been about a year, some maybe about a year or so, and I haven't gone back. Honestly, I haven't gone back, and it's okay. It, what it does, it it really does open up your time, open up your day, uh, to do things like reading. Um, the other aspect of it is kind of reassessing what you really don't need. You know, like that cup of coffee that costs two and some change, three and some change. Is that really necessary? Can you brew one at home? Um, the gym membership is a really good example. I'll be honest. I wish I went to the gym a lot more often than I do. I think it's been over a year since I've been to the gym. So there really was no need for me to have a gym membership. Just walk around the block or jog around the block. Um, totally, totally doable. Um, and I found that if you absolutely feel you need a certain subscription, for example, Microsoft Office was one that I thought I can cut. I really didn't need it. I wasn't using it. After I started freelancing, I was using it. I, I, I felt I needed it way more um, than, I, than I thought originally. So I purchased it, but was interesting, and it honestly goes back to how you manage your, your yourself as an entrepreneur. I found that I can just go ahead and, and expense it. Uh, through my LLC. Uh, and that's not to say, I like these new shoes, let me expense it through my LLC. It's more like, do I absolutely need this and can I expense it? Um, so it's kind of re re restructuring how you see these subscriptions uh, and if you need it, finding a way to, to actually manage the costs. Uh, that's helped me tremendously. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, subscriptions are huge. I think that's something that so many people, myself included, just overlook. Um, and it's amazing how streaming services these days in their effort to make things simpler and overhaul the cable industry, we've kind of come back full circle now to paying the same prices in totality as cable. Uh, and there's a good lesson, lesson in here too. I think, you know, leaders do difficult things and that means picking one, Ted Lasso, Game of Thrones or Mandalorian. You know, yeah. you, you got to choose one uh, if you want to be effective at cost cutting. That's just that's such a good lesson. It's a tough so, one. It's a tough one. Circling back to your reading, I wanted to pick your brain on this. And uh, I know you mentioned this is very important to you. And this is a big part of your story as well. How does the book start with why? impact the way that you spend your time on a daily basis, uh, especially as you exited the corporate world and became your own leader? Yeah, that, that one, it's, it's a book I, I definitely recommend to a, a ton of individuals, um, particularly because a part of my journey has been spurred by me being exposed to all this different type of material and start with why was, was one of the first books I, I read. So there, it's, it's a two-folded approach or it's a two-folded, I guess, life lesson. The first one is honestly questioning every every move you're making, you know, based on your goals. If is your goal to be a, a successful freelance uh, uh, consultant, that's great. Is what you're doing today, why is that significant to to meet those goals? Is it significant? 
it's sometimes tough questions to answer, but it, it really does weed out um, stuff that you really don't need to, to worry about as much. Um, so it's it's a way to keep myself in check, um, which it's, it's it's been working really well. Uh, I think it's also led to me again being a pretty good strategist, uh, based on some uh, some conversations I've had with prospects and clients. Starting with why is it can lead to awkward conversations, but it's it's effective. I will say it's effective. Now the other aspect of it is. I I started asking, I started explaining why we were doing certain things to my clients, to, to prospects, to my employees, um, really early on, instead of waiting to the very, very end. Because if I say, hey, do X, Y, Z, get it done, it doesn't resonate as, as loudly as, hey, we need to figure out this issue, A, B, C. So in order to figure that out, we have to do X, Y, Z. You know, getting a holistic picture on why why what you're doing is significant, what kind of impact it will have, it makes them connect with it emotionally, uh, and and that's something that again I picked up from start with why, and I'm continuing to use it on a, on a very regular basis. Uh, just so happens to be my favorite business book of all time. It's <laughs> good. People don't buy what you do; they buy why you do it. Uh, Simon Sinek is just such a good leader. His his books are uh, amazing, um, and it's it's greatly impacted me in my journey as well. Yeah. Do you have any additional books that you have read that have influenced the way that you work and the way that you lead through your work? Yeah, there are a few, and it's always the recommendations are always going to vary based on on kind of what your goals are. Um, but I, what I wanted to do early on um, was find a better way to to manage um, to manage effectively, but to get work done. Um, I guess not just for the for the sake of getting work done, but to add value to it. Um, so to that end, there are books like the Lean Startup, which hmm. makes you kind of re revisit what you consider vanity metrics and what you consider or how what are actual metrics that drive growth um in the same breath the science of growth was an amazing book um going back to the niches everyone kind of looks at some of the, the successful the successful tech companies as well they're so successful because they're doing xyz they're doing this and that and they're just they're just killing it across all these spaces the science of growth really shined a light to to some of these organizations that weren't doing that, that some of the successful firms were actually just finding one strength and just pummeling it. Uh, Facebook's a pretty good example. The cycles in which they basically developed their products and, and, and churned out fixes was just so much more effective than other organizations. It, it, it was really amazing. Uh, and that paired really nicely with the Lean Startup. The Company of One is one something I read uh, right before I left uh, uh, my full-time job. And the Company of One was uh, just, again, sh shined a light into why you don't need a massive organization to be a successful company. And then there are a few others. I mean, I can go on and on. I, I love the 12-week year, again, really focusing on, on the the practices that drive growth, product-led SEO. I'm sure you've heard of it. I'm not sure if you've read it, um, but that is just uh, by Eli. I always mispronounce his name. Schwartz, I think it is. Right? Eli, Eli Schwartz. Sch that's right. Eli Schwartz. Yep. It's just an amazing book uh, and really highlight why strategy is so significant. Um, and then the compound effect. The compound effect basically talked about uh, how you take these little small things that really may look like they're not doing anything 
But over time, they compound and they drive a massive amount of growth. So all these, I, 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 I guess you can say all of these really mix nicely with one another or play nicely with one another and, and, and driving my business. Oh, that's wonderful. So shifting gears just a little bit, you have written about wanting to get back to your Ecuadorian roots mm. and share Ecuadorian culture with your son as he grows up. What are some things about the Ecuadorian culture that you think would benefit budding and seasoned leaders alike within the SEO community? Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, thank you so much. I um, it, it means a ton to me. It it really a lot of it. Me trying to get back into my Ecuadorian roots um was was really just reflective of making sure making sure that my son grows up with that culture as well. So I, I talk a lot about that. But going going back to you know, what leaders can take away. Uh, I think I can use my, my father as a pretty good example. Um, you know, what ended up happening in my career is uh, it, it basically splintered off into me managing, um, helping manage a, the food distribution organization that my, fa my father founded uh, about 26 years ago. And so I, start, I started in and I, I you know, I'm, I have an idea of how SEO works. Uh, no idea how food distribution works. Uh, and when certain things came up, I started freaking out. I was like, Pops, <laughs> I'm not sure what's happening. Like, what do we do? What, 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 what can we do? Uh, what should we do? Uh, and when should we do it by? And him in his, you know, in, in his heavy uh, English accent was just like, let's wait. Let's just wait. You know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. And, you know, and, and, it's, and it's tough because I'm still trying to gauge what he he really truly means by some of the stuff he recommends that I do, but I feel as as we've gotten over the last year or so, as I've gotten closer uh, with him, I think with him it's it's more like we're bound by the limitations um, in our in our environment, you know, and we just have to own uh, own up to it, you know. There's only so much we can do in an eight hour workday. There's only so much we can do in 24 hours. You know, and at a certain at a certain point, we hit our cap, and we just have to move on and push it on to the next day, and that's okay. That is totally okay. Um, and I think that is a pretty good. It's a pretty good something that I practice in in my managerial style uh, when working with SEO uh, team members. But it's also very. It's very. It's very nice to see that it's also something that he practices in his own way. You know, as he manages hit the business he started. So part of it is, you know, just taking a step back, hitting the pause button. Nothing's wrong with that. Taking a step back, kind of reassessing, and then just pick it up at, at a later time. No problem with that. I love that. Yeah, the, the influence of your dad, especially like that. I don't know, just the value of understanding that limits, having that patience, taking a step back and, and picking that up. Um, and I love how passionate you are too. And in, in your writing about wanting to pass these qualities down to your son as well. I think that's so cool. Thank you. Um, and what a great way to kind of continue legacies of leadership. Thank so you. So on that note, how do you define leadership from a from from your perspective? What are some of the most important components that make a strong leader? Whew, that 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 is that's a that's quite the question. I was <laughs> trying to think through how 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 can I respond? And in all honesty, the reason why I struggled with with it is because it's for one, it's tough for me to consider myself as a leader. I'm doing the best I can at, at what I do, um, you know, with with the environments I'm in. But also, the leaders that I have been exposed to, they they've all just been so diverse. You know, I go 
to my father, who is the leader of his organization, to uh, the CEO of Lion CG, which was the e-com company I was working for, to the other CEOs and managers that I've come across, they all are just so different. But what I've noticed, a part of, a huge, a huge commonality is that the best leaders I've come across, the best managers I've worked with are also extraordinarily vulnerable. They, they, they actually, they, they preach vulnerability. You know, they are comfortable in their own shoes and they admit that they have limitations. They admit that, hey, I'm only an individual, a human being. Let's see if we can figure out this issue or problem together. Now I have my favorites, uh, uh, favorite leaders. I have uh, uh, leaders that are also the opposite. <laughs> I won't, uh, you know, I won't go into that. But again, a part of it is is you have to be a people person. So as as a as a manager and as a leader, you also have to have those qualities that those social those, those social traits that you know gravitate users or not users but employees around you and your and your goals and your purpose and your organization. You know, um, so. Again, it's it's definitely being a people person to a degree. Um, whether or not you can communicate with individuals verbally, email, one on one. Because I'll be honest, if if I was in a center uh, of a team, more than likely I will be to the side talking to one individual versus the entire team. Because I feel like I function best as a leader, as a manager, one on one. So that's that's only one aspect of my trait. But um, leader leadership traits they they vary and they are diverse. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap up right there. What a conversation is just some notes that I've taken uh, during this conversation um, from things that you've said uh, just in the last few minutes is what you're doing today significant enough to meet your goals. Um, Number two, finding a niche isn't required, but it's a strategic move to weed yourself out from the masses. And number three, what you were just mentioning there, a common thread among all effective leaders with all of their differences and diversity that common thread is that effective leaders are extraordinarily vulnerable and i thank you for your vulnerability as well with your example of leadership that you are putting out into the seo community um i realize it's intentional and i personally am grateful for it um so I've peppered you enough with questions so far. I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, Edmund, is there anything that you'd like to share with listeners and where can they find you? Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you for taking the time, first and foremost. Uh, you can find me on my website, edwindanromero.com, uh, where I post regularly about, well, things that are, are around website migrations, Salesforce Commerce Cloud. And I'm thinking about taking, uh, writing more about kind of these soft skills, you know, kind of like how you're doing, because there's just so, it's, after talking to consultants, it's just so appreciated, you know, mm-hmm. it's just so, uh, so, so in demand. Um, sure. But the other aspect uh, or the other channel you can find me, um, my, my content is through Pragmatic SEO, which is a newsletter I put out there. Um, and kind of like you, um, I, I, I do want to shine a light into honestly practical advice, things uh, that SEOs can't get away from or that they need experience um, to drive their their campaigns. Um, On that end, an example would be creating a SEO development support ticket. I think that's probably the best example I always, I I use it quite often, where how do you communicate your needs as an SEO or as a leader to your development team, you know? Mm. Um, So so that's the kind of advice I like to to talk about. Um, The one last thing before I, I wrap up here, 
an organization um, that I feel is extraordinarily, it's, it's critical to call out is the, the, I believe it's the Freelance Coalition Within Development Countries. Are you familiar with that, Graham? Uh, I am not. No. What's this about? So um, Chima, which is ba who is based out of, uh, who was based out of Nigeria, uh, uh, she's in the UK now, I believe. Um, she started up this nonprofit that basically synced up seasoned SEOers, uh, such myself, possibly yourself, with freelancers, SEO freelancers in development countries. In developing countries. What a great idea. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, I've had mentees uh, from Nigeria and Mexico, just solid SEO or solid individuals, and and you know I definitely want to give a shout out to uh, to the Chima and the the Freelance Coalition. Oh, wonderful shout out, Freelance Coalition! I will absolutely include a link to that in the show notes as well for anybody listening. I'm going to check it out after this conversation as well, folks. There you have it. Everybody needs to go check out the Freelance Coalition, uh, edwindanromero.com, and then Pragmatic SEO. I'll include a link to all of those in the show notes if you want to check any of them out. Edwin, it's been an absolute pleasure sitting down and talking with you for a few minutes about leadership. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it, Graham. Thanks for listening. You can view our show notes as well as reach out to us at seoleadership.fm. That's seoleadership, all one word, dot FM. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever corner of the internet that you find your podcasts, please subscribe so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. That's it for today's episode of the SEO Leadership Podcast. My name is Graham Bargeron. See you next time.